It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway or Kyrie when he make a trade. And nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you got a repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales Packard and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen after every game is very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're back with another show. Yes, another one. We're doing three this week. That's amazing output for an early August, mid-August, nothing going on. But we're going to make something happen out of the announcement of three Celtics games on the schedule. Woo! Yeah, baby. We're the Rainer Jays. I am John Corrales, joined by Sam Jam Packard. Who is excited for those three games? Very excited for those three games. They're uh, going to be on television, and the entire nation is going to be able to watch them at the same time. Wild stuff. The whole country, everybody in this country, has an opportunity to watch three Celtics games. They start, the Celtics actually play the first nationally televised game of the season, very first one, October 16th. Philly at Boston, 8 p.m. on TNT. Then, later on in the week, Celtics in Toronto to face Kawhi Leonard, I guess, and the Raptors, uh, 8 p.m. ESPN. And then we know that Christmas officially official, Christmas Sixers uh, at Boston again, 5.30 p.m. on ABC Celtics uh, hosting the Sixers, uh, and uh, yeah, after you've eaten, after you've opened up your presents, you get to sit around drunk and meme your way through a Celtics-Sixers game. That's the schedule. What do you think? Well, let's go through them one by one. Win, win, and a win. I'm predicting 3-0 and for these three games. It's just a feeling I have. Um, I think it's cool that it's Sixers-Celtics twice. It's kind of like investing in the rivalry. But at the same time, I'm going to play the say the complete opposite point and say I, I would have rather had uh, kind of more teams. Maybe would a, a Lakers Celtics on Christmas would have been cool, or like a I don't know. It's tough with the earlier in the year. You're not going to have like a West Coast trip, so they're going to play someone in the Eastern Conference. There's just not many teams for them to play. Like I don't know who else in the Eastern Conference would make an exciting nationally televised game for the Celtics. Those are pretty much the two teams, and Philly. There's clearly like the most rivalry there, so. I think it's cool that like the Philly uh, Sixers Celtics are going to get put on that stage because it'll just raise the stakes for everything, and I'm excited for that. I've been living in Philadelphia this entire summer. I'm moving back to Boston. It's a real um, pulling on. Uh, it's two different worlds. I'm kind of like I just guess I'm here embedded studying the em- enemy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I get it. I get it. Uh, I think one of the good slash bad things of this the way the east and west are are kind of currently situated is there's no when it comes to national tv celtics i don't, I don't know celtics bucks will will have some res, 
you know, resonance nationally because people love Giannis. After that, Indy's good. Indy's a good team. I don't. Is Oladipo a big enough star to say, hey, Celtics, Pacers should? No, the be- Pacers are not going on nationalized television. That's just not allowed. <laughs> well, I think the Wizards might be like like might uh is the only other thing I could like team I could think of, and maybe the Bucks with Giannis. But even then, I they, they did play a pretty close playoff series last year. So if Giannis is big enough to like go on Christmas Day and play the Knicks of all te- people who are not that great, maybe I think he could hold a game. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I just don't see the East being good enough. I guess that's the point. I want Celtics Warriors. I want that, that's the favorite. That's what I'm expecting right now. So I think it'd be cool to see them play. I think their their home and home series should be nationally televised because it really I, the the betting public I would assume are those are the two favorites to come out of each of the conferences. I think the well, first of all, I'll say that whenever those two teams play, it absolutely will be nationally televised. The rest of the schedule comes out Friday, so. We'll get a full sense of all of the nationally televised games. Uh, right now, we only got the just a few of them, and that's just uh, just a little taste. The, the The league is trying very hard to make this a a an eleven or twelve month sport. And and thank them for that because they are sustaining podcast life right now. Yes, they really are. They really are. Uh, between them and players on social media and Vegas giving us over unders, like there's that's that's carrying us right now. But uh, so they're they're dragging this out. We'll we'll get some drips and drabs on more of the nationally televised games when uh, you know Thursday. And then on Friday, when the actual schedule drops, everybody will take a look. Everybody will make their "Yup, 41 home, 41 away" jokes, and and then we'll we'll get to move on. I'm ready to go through the entire schedule and determine whether or not it's a win or a loss. Uh, I think it's we did some goofy podcast like that. Uh, I think last season, right before, like it was the day before Kyrie got traded, it just were just made the whole podcast irrelevant. It was a, a really inane exercise, but. Um, we'll know more then, at least when the like actual schedule comes out, you can like, you know how they like built in schedule losses. You can see how like back to backs and how badly, uh, some people travel and there's some losses that like prognosticators will build it, like build into the schedule. So at least it's more interesting when you get the entire thing. And so I wonder how much the Vegas lines will shift based on the schedule. Oh, that's, Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Um, it, Get your pre-schedule uh, lines in now because it could shift wildly. <laughs> Bet those over-unders hard now. Uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, th- there will be a few less. It would be interesting to kind of go through everything. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. 
Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. We could, you know, what we could do is take an entire week and break the entire schedule down game by game, five days a week. Oh, man. I think we should do it. (laughs) That seems like a very kind of, yeah, inane, like you said, inane exercise, but the hell, it's an inane time of year. I don't even think that makes sense, but... We're gonna go I, for I'm it. right there with you. I'm following you. <laughs> we'll see. You know, maybe maybe that's how we do it. Maybe that's how we do next week. Next week is the full schedule. We'll go through every game, every and just say, okay, you know, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, and then just do it. What the oh hell? man, I'm gonna be the least research person there. Just like, really, you're gonna ask me about some teams. I'm gonna come up with some crazy takes based on a lot of nonsense. That, I'm, not in my, I'm not in basketball mood, and also I just don't pay that much attention to teams other than the Celtics. So um, <laughs> I would be spewing a lot of nonsense. I would probably pick them to go like 70, 75 and yeah, let, 7. We're, we're going to have to – we'll do it on the spot. We'll just do it on the spot, and then we'll t- tally it up at the end, and we'll give you a final record, and we'll see. It, it's probably going to be overly optimistic. Uh, no, <laughs> not us. It's not us. <laughs> Sam, how'd you get them winning 85 games? I don't even know how. Uh, yeah, so that's how Kaizen works. You have to believe in the if the growth mindset. You have to believe you can grow. Oh my God! I'm listening to the Chris Mannix podcast with Brad Stevens. The other oh, that was awesome. It when was you just, discovered. Uh, uh, it's the first time he'd been to a movie in like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, I can see how people would like this. You sit down, you you get some snacks, you hang out with friends, and you enjoy some entertainment together. I can see how people would like this. Yeah, he he went crazy with, oh yeah, two movies, like whatever. Yeah, that was that was kind of wild. Yeah, I like last movie that he saw. I saw this was a uh, Wedding Crashers. So he went from Wedding Crashers to <laughs> no movies for about thirteen years to uh, Uncle Drew, which I still haven't seen. I feel ashamed. I, I have not seen it. I'm I'm not ashamed. I just I haven't seen it, and I don't. I, I thought I actually was at a movie theater looking at the the market. It was before Vegas, and I actually said to myself, "You know what? I'm gonna wait because we might go see it in Vegas." And we just never did. <laughs> no, there was no time for that. There was no time. I, I I'm still shocked at how little time there was for non-basketball stuff in Las Vegas, just the way it was structured. We didn't even get together for the podcast like we did. I just feel like the NBA kind of screwed us out of quality podcasting uh, opportunities, quality audio, quality opportunities. John, I was I was lamping. I was uh, did some serious lamping while I was in Vegas. You were out there at, uh, being the working man uh, 
on the job. I think that's what cut into the time. Yeah, it's probably my fault. I did I did make a few commitments for uh, you know financial reasons that kept me there for a long time. So, but I'm blaming the NBA. I'm blaming somebody else. It's not my fault. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, no, totally not your fault. Uh, so, all right. So we haven't had you on the podcast in a while. So I know it's been a while, been on business trips and then just being lazy. Yeah, you've been, yeah, the, there's both of those things. So <laughs> I think we have an opportunity here to do kind of like a pseudo junk drawer, get jams takes on a bunch of things that have happened recently. Jam summer update. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's bits and pieces you said before we started this podcast that you've got takes. Uh, I'm very curious on your takes. Where, where do you want to start? You want First to... thing, I want to talk about our man Kungu from Celtics blog, Alex. <laughs> yes, okay. And he wrote an article that was basically like the, the main point was like they should look to limit Al Horford's minutes uh, a little bit. But the headline is, should Al Horford come off the bench this year? And he just got roasted on Twitter, and it was amusing. It's just fun to see like one of your own just get sent through the uh, sent through the Twitter vitriol. You know, it just it makes you feel good about society. But, um, Everybody gets ratios sometimes. I agree with his general point that like you're not you're going to want to limit Horford's minutes, like because you want him to be most productive, and you have a bunch of other talented players, and with your best defense, you're going to play Baines. Like, I don't know. I thought that headline got a lot of, um, I guess, did exactly what it was supposed to do and got a lot of attention. But, like, his ultimate point, I don't think Al Horford's not going to start. It just makes sense for me to him, to him to start. He's a vet, and he's one of your best players. And it just trying to do too much shenanigans around that just doesn't seem to make sense. There Are there going to be places where Bain starts? Yes, but I think Horford automatically slides down because he's your best defender. Uh, it's weird for not him not to be on the court. I think the ultimate point is they're going to play a lot of different rotations, and if you can win a bunch of games and limit Al Horford's minutes or limit basically everyone's minutes so they're healthier, why not do that? Yeah, I, I agree. I touched on this on yesterday's show. For So if for some reason you didn't listen to yesterday's show, you can go get my full thoughts on that there. But I will just reiterate that I agree with Jam. I think that, uh, yeah, of course you start Al Horford. You can limit his minutes. You can accomplish the same thing you're trying to accomplish by put, sending him to the bench by just subbing him out earlier and changing kind of a, the minutes that you play him. Even if Bain starts, I think you sit. I, I'm, I'm starting to lean towards sitting Jason Tatum. And even I would have accepted the should Jason Tatum move to the bench kind of thought process before I accepted the should Al Horford move to the bench kind of thing because Tatum you need you need the scoring off the bench and you can make the argument that Baines is the best defender that Baines and Horford are the two best defenders they anchor your best defense Kyrie and Gordon Hayward are not going to come off the bench and Jalen Brown is a third year player who is a top-notch defender and a very versatile wing and you can say Tatum, as a second-year guy, he was supposed to come off the bench last year. He, he can he can get the same amount of minutes and obviously finish if you need him, to, if, you know, as part of a, a death lineup, if you will, and say Tatum coming off the bench, boosting that unit uh, makes more sense than 
Al Horford. I, and I'm not even arguing for that. I'm just saying I would have accepted that argument more readily than Al Horford. I think I've always said that Tatum's a starter and that the Celtics will go with, with uh, Baines off the bench. But we'll see. Do you think playing time is going to be an issue? Like, I don't know if I'm just totally, totally uh, drinking the Brad Stevens Kool-Aid, but for me, like, it seems like him talking on the Chris Mannix podcast about he's like – we don't consider like we consider Marcus a starter. He just like doesn't start the game, or she said something like that. I don't know. It feels like there's just the general attitude is that they're so basically everything they're trying to do is in the interest of winning, and that they're probably going to be try a bunch of lineups, and you're not. It's not really like a in their culture to for like deal with complaining about minutes or things like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just so with the green goggles on that I'm just so in the in the temple kaizen that um, I've lost my way, but. I just don't see this team, particularly with uh, these personalities, like making a big fuss uh, about playing time, especially if they're winning. Um, and so, I don't know. I, I seem to be less concerned about minutes as an issue uh, than other people. But that's the thing. The Celtics have so much like expectations that if, you, if you're trying to pick out ways it could go wrong, that one makes the most sense because it's certainly not going to be like talent on the court. No, I, I've said that uh, Brad Stevens has a very unique challenge this season. It's the first time he's ever had a team going into the season where the basically the consensus is this is a team that will compete for a championship. He didn't have it in college. He hasn't had it yet in Boston. Last year was the closest that they got, but last year was also complete upheaval with four, only four guys returning and a completely remade roster. This year, going in, especially with the way last season ended, getting Hayward back, getting Kyrie back, this year, everybody, for the most part, is saying Celtics, Warriors, NBA Finals. How does he handle that? There, there are problems that come with that. There are egos that will inevitably step up and, and become an issue. So he, he does have challenge. Playing time could become... An issue, especially for I'm not even worried about the starters necessarily. I'm more worried about guys like Marcus Morris, who we've talked about being potentially movable, especially if they're trying to avoid the luxury tax. But Marcus Morris just signed with Clutch Sports. He clearly is trying to get himself a, a significant new contract. He wants to go out there and score and earn that earn his money. So if he's not able to get as many bench minutes because the Celtics are staggering players and, you know, they, they are going eight or nine deep and Morris is only getting 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I don't think that he's going to be happy with that role. And, and that could be, that could be a problem. That's, that's the one place where I could see a potential problem. Everybody else I think has been saying the right things. Uh, everyone else uh, of notes that may face any sort of playing time issues is under contract for a while. So I, I just, they're not losing any money. So that's, that's the one place where I think an issue might come up. I think it's possible, but I think that it's more exacerbated if they lose, but if like they win, like what's the saying, the rising tide and the boats, they all go up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rising tide lifts all boats. That's that's the way you say it. That's how you do it. <laughs> I like yours, so, though. The rising tide, uh, the boats, they all go up. Yeah, it was just very descriptive. Um, that doesn't fit inside the fortune cookie, though. Too, many, too much paper. Well, you have to change the fortune cookie company then because that's poppycock. But nonetheless, what I'm trying to say is that the if they're winning and like there's a less 
Marcus Morris has less of a contribution, it's still going to be like get recognized for like play while the, uh, a winning team is like on the court. I don't know. I, I don't think it like has that much of an impact if the Celtics are playing like we expect them to play. Which gets me to my next take is that I'm thinking I'm way over on the uh, the Celtics over under. What was it? Fifty seven point five. Yes. I'm thinking uh, I think I picked them to win 60 games last year, and that was after Gordon Hayward. So um, take that with a grain of salt. But I just think this team is going to be exceptionally good. Uh, they had the best defense, and they're adding Gordon, Gordon Hayward, uh, who's also going to be quite good. Uh, and got to have that positive thinking. Um, but I seriously think they're going to come in somewhere around 63 to 65 wins. Wow. Okay. That's even more optimistic than I have it because – I'm, I'm, I have them right at 60. Um, but yeah, that, I'm definitely taking the over on, on. Well, so. well, hold on. I haven't seen the schedule yet though. Cause that could change everything that could change <laughs> the entire thing. So yeah, no, I, I don't think there are any scheduled, uh, you know, whatever schedule losses, who know? I, I don't know how the Celtics are going to kind of react last year. They, everything worked out. So perfect. I they had an insane schedule yeah. to, for, to fit in that London trip. Yeah. So, but everything worked out. So, just no matter what happened to them, they pulled out wins. How many double-digit comebacks? How many twenty-point comebacks did this team have? It just they just kept on doing it. So I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have that same thing in them this year. There, there's definitely. Uh, that's called Brad Stevens magic, and it's in here hearts and souls every year. That's and that's why that's I got to pick them to win over sixty games. Yeah. You just have to uh, like every year. Brad Stevens has gotten a little bit better. He has progressed incrementally uh, uh, on his way to the top. <laughs> and so I just think it makes all logical sense in the world for him to continue getting to uh, getting better and improving. And now he has more talent than he's ever had on his roster. Yeah, like uh, it's a perfect storm of of Kaizen. Perfect, absolutely. Uh, the only thing I think might hold them back, they're in the toughest division in the NBA, and they got the Raptors and the Sixers. Uh, look, it's, at some point the Sixers are going to beat them in the regular season. It's, I don't think they're going to sweep the series. So, I mean, I hope they do because that'd be hilarious. But uh, well, well, no, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm I guess sixty. I, maybe you can call sixty conservative. I think sixty. Actually, Jay, Jay. I don't know if you heard it the other day. Jay went with the under. On, on the win total. so Always a cynic. <laughs> yes, he's very negative. He's a very negative person. Yeah. All right, next take. Oh, take quick. I don't even know if I have anything. Oh, LeBron James. The immediate internet reaction to seeing LeBron James in a Lakers jersey was like, it's weird. And I was like, oh, no, like, that's what I always pictured when I thought of LeBron James in a Lakers jersey. I didn't I didn't get the, the internet immediate reaction like, this is really weird. Yeah, it's different. But like I don't know. That was that's my hot take that people should calm down with saying that was weird. Okay. Fair enough. What uh, were your reaction to seeing LeBron James in it, a Lakers it jersey? It looked different. It was not you you're so used to seeing him in that Cavaliers jersey that it was it was kind of it, just different. You're just not used to seeing it. But look, I only just got used to seeing Kyrie Irving in a Celtics uniform. It's just you have this vision in your head about you you picture LeBron James and he's you picture him in the Cavs jersey or a Heat jersey, but even that looks uh, you know you're like oh yeah that that happened, um, so yeah, but it's fine you get used to it. I feel like I've seen so many like 2K or bad photoshops of him in Lakers jerseys yeah, or yeah. just like weird paintings by street artists in LA when since he signed, 
that I don't know. It wasn't as jarring to me as apparently the rest of the people. Maybe I'm just uh, maybe I was numb to these basketball feelings. <laughs> maybe. Uh, what else? Anything else? Uh, Greg Monroe in Toronto. Do you have a take? Good for Greg Monroe. Let him play against anyone on our team who can run past his slow ass. <laughs> Shouts to Moose. He, uh, he had some good contributions, a lot of great memes. Greg from Greg. Moose from Greg. Greg from Moose. Uh, but he was just uh, – I didn't, couldn't really play defense. So he got a, he got a contract. He got the minimum. Um, and I'd like to see him on the court against the Celtics. Okay. Uh, and what, last time you were on, we were talking about – Jason Tatum in Southeast Asia, so that's already – I mean, uh, Jalen Brown in Southeast Asia. So you've already given your takes on that. I think that's it. I think you're out of takes. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm tapped. Tapped. All right, so that's okay. it. That's it. So we're going to end it there. That's that's fine. I'm happy to end it there. We've managed to get about 20 minutes of a show. Woo! That's – hey, on a, oh, day, on a day where they announce three games on the schedule, we busted out 20 minutes of, of stuff. Do you hear me? That's me patting myself on the back because that's job well done. Absolutely. Very, very well-deserved pat on the back. Okay, that's it. Thanks for listening. If you're not a subscriber, God damn it, subscribe to the show. All right? Or, or, we need Jay King with the you stupid. But – Go, subscribe. Come on. What are you waiting for? Give us that five-star rating. Give us that good review. Spread the word. Tell everybody we're still going. When everyone else is on vacation, we're pumping out content, pumping out podcasts for you to listen on your way to work, wherever. Tell everybody to listen to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.